Thank you, Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to see everybody. You know, uh, I tell you, I have always said, and I've always meant it when I say it, that if we can't be honest in church, we can't be honest anywhere. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I've never, uh, you know, I'm not a, I haven't been pastoring for 30 or 40 years, but in the time that I have pastored, I've always tried to be honest with the congregation and forthright. I don't try to put on an air or a show or make you think that I've got everything figured out because, you know, I, I don't. And if there's anything that I have realized the last few weeks is that I need God more than ever before. And that's one of my prayers to this, for this congregation, that in these last days, I'll repeat that, in these last days, I pray that you will realize that you need God more than ever. We have a great work to do. And I hope and I pray that you will enter that battle. You don't have to. You can just uh, receive yours. What would, it, what would Pastor, Pastor Mark say? Me and Jimmy and my four no more or something, like, or something like that. My four no more. You can just receive your eternal blessing and go on to heaven and heaven will be your home. But there's far more at stake than just our four and no more. There are individuals around you, individuals around me, that need what we have. They need that power of salvation in their lives. They need that power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They need that. We need that. We need that. The last few weeks, I've seen, I've seen people rise and I've seen people fall. And it can get very discouraging, but the Lord always brings me back. We don't do it unto them, we do it unto Him. That's right, that's why we do it. We do it unto Him. If Jesus was sitting here today and He needed a ride to church, would anybody give Him a ride to church? If Jesus was sitting here today, and they, they needed some scriptures to stand on, and, they didn't, and he didn't know any scriptures. That's kind of a joke, isn't it? But if he was sitting here today and he needed some words of encouragement, is there anybody would give Jesus a word of encouragement? Well, that's the world we live in. If there's anybody out there that needs those things, God commands us, you and me, his children, to do unto them as we would unto Jesus. Amen? Amen. That has nothing to do with my sermon. That's all for free, as they would say. So uh, I just had that on my heart, and I wanted to share that with you. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. And uh, we'll be in Ephesians a time or two. Oh, it does? It's supposed to be Ephesians 6. Teresa! It's, it's Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, and then Ephesians 2. 
this is just like at my house. I know better than to argue. <laughs> well, if you got your Bibles, you can follow me in this sermon, or after a while, we might have Teresa come up and preach it. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. That's probably my typo, I imagine, if I, if I was guessing. And then we'll be in Ephesians 2, but we're going to start in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, and then we will be in Ephesians 2, okay? You know, uh, what I want to talk to you about, as you can see, being strong in the Lord. Now, in the, in the world today, many Christians, and I might even say most Christians, I, I hope not most at this church, but uh, many Christians across the country... They know that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that they could have eternal life. They know that. They believe that. They have put faith into that. They put their trust into that. And rightfully so, because eternal life is a principal teaching of Jesus Christ, is it not? Amen. Right. You know, they look at it as a way of missing hell and spending eternity in a glorious place. Rightfully so. But really, the next question is, what about right now? <laughs> what, what, what about now? What about my kids today? What about, my, what about my grandkids? What about my friends from days gone by? What about, what about them? I mean, is heaven my home? And sorry, guys, I'll, I'll see you later. I mean, what about them? What about right now? You know, I, that, that prayer that we prayed earlier, Jesus said, for his will to be done on earth, in us, God's will, in us. On earth as it is in heaven. That's not talking about in heaven. That's talking about right now. That's talking about now, right now. The blessing of God inside of us. So, it's important for us to realize that God is concerned about where we are today. The Bible is full of wisdom and knowledge and direction leading us toward God's blessings here and now. I mean, you know, so, so maybe, so we get saved and, and uh, we get saved, but, you know, some people might think we get saved and heaven is our home. But then... We just have to live just broke down and mean and tired and just like we always was. And the only difference is heaven is my home. That's the only difference. That's not Bible 101 at all. But Bible 101 is that God wants heaven to be your home. And he wants his blessings to rule and reign in your life today. Now, here's what messes many, 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 many people up. Are you ready? It takes time to turn a life around. It takes time. 
You can be born again. You can be saved. I've mentioned it before. With one simple prayer, with God's grace and your faith, your trust in him, you can be saved and heaven can be your home. But if you want to make a change in your life, it takes time. I started to Google that, how long it'd take to turn a big ship around, a big cruise ship or something. I, I didn't do it. But it takes time. And it's kind of sad. One of the sad things is that many people will go back to their old ways before the blessings of God start to manifest in their life. They think, well, if this, is, if this is no better than it is, they might give it a week. They might give it two weeks. They get to thinking, well, if this is no better than it is, this is no different than I was when I was living in the world. But see, it takes time. It takes time to, to get the blessings of God. It takes time. We've been looking on, on Wednesday nights. It takes time for those good seeds to grow. It takes time for them to sprout and grow. And then finally, after, after a few months or a few weeks, wow, look at that fruit growing there. Wow, look at that change in their life. Now, before we look at Ephesians 6, it's real important. I, I think a lot of people don't, don't, don't get this. They don't understand this, especially young people and old people. See, God wants to lead you where you want to go anyway. That's where he wants to lead you. He wants to lead us, his children, where we want to go anyway. We want to have, have a content life, right? We want to be content in what we have. We want to, we want to love our spouse. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've, I've had to counsel a, a, some couples before they got married, and, and I always tell them that life is so short Unless you marry the wrong person. Yeah. Hey, all you men out there, don't say a word. This is not the time for a loud amen, okay? But see, God wants to lead us. How many of you want to be happy? Which is just a temporary thing, happenstance, as Mark has taught us. But how many of you want to have, a, have joy in your life? Absolutely. You want to have a good relationship with your spouse? How many of you want to see your kids grow up and, and serve the Lord and miss much of the turmoil of the world? How many of you want to see that? Of course. Well, guess what? That's exactly where God wants to lead you. Young people, God, God wants to lead you in the good things of life. He don't want to mess your life up. If you want to be a professional baseball player, you know what he wants? He will enable you and strengthen you and give you a platform to, to lift him up. Amen. If you want to work on computers, he will, he will give you wisdom and knowledge that others won't have. He wants to lead us where we want to go anyway. Amen. Ephesians 6.10. I'm going to read this and we're going to come back over it. Ephesians 6.10, I'll read through 13, and it says, a final word. Now, I want you to notice here, this is written to believers. It is not talking about salvation, okay? 
This is written by the Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus. It's not talking about salvation. It is talking about victory. It's talking about the blessings of God here and now. Ephesians 6.10, it says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in, dark, in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing. Amen. All right. Go back up to verse 10 just for a moment. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You know, I've, I've mentioned numerous times in the, the last few weeks that faith, Christianity, is not about trying really, really, really hard. That's not what it's about. It's about training and knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, as I read down through there, I want you to notice verse 10, it says, be strong in the Lord, not in our own strength. God don't expect us to carry our burdens. He don't expect me to muster up the power to get up here and speak to you today. He don't expect Carlin to get all everything all, all on his own, get everything ready to go on Sunday morning. No, he don't expect the teachers to, to do everything on their own. No, he does. We do all of these things with his power. Amen. Amen. It's true. So it says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Hmm. So first of all, we see here that it's God's strength. Everybody say God's strength. All right, verse 11, it says, put on all of God's armor so that we will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, I hope you all know by now, the devil does not like you, right? You know that, right? He does not like you. John 10, 10, you know, classic scripture, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's he going to do that from? The world? No. They're already, they're, they're already in a mess. Amen. He is talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the believers, the devil. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from every one of us. He wants to get us off track. That's what he wants to do. But notice what it says. It says, put on the full armor of God so that we may be able to stand. Okay. Now, I want you to notice, we've read two scriptures, 10 and 11. The first one, it talked about God's strength. And the second one, verse 11, talks about God's armor. Not yours, but God's. God's strength and God's armor. And let me just, let me just shoot straight here, here for a moment. And yet, we refuse to take 10 minutes out of our day to read the Bible when that is our strength. That is our power. That is how we know whether to turn left or turn right. That's how we know whether to stand right here or turn around and go the other way. There's no wonder we don't walk in the power of God. 
There's no wonder we don't walk. The church as a whole doesn't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't know whether to go or stay. But we can. See, this is what's available to us, and this is what we have to have in these last days. I'll tell you what. I don't believe for a moment. uh, I don't believe for a moment we're going to go out here limping and beat up as a body of Christ. What, the spirit of... 76, is that, what, is that what it was we talked about here a few weeks ago? We're not going to go out here. The body of Christ is not going to go out here all beat up and banshees up and weak. No, no. I'll tell you what, the body of Christ, the ones that will participate, the ones that know who they are in Christ Jesus will grow stronger and more powerful and more bold than ever before in these last days. Don't ever think the body of Christ is going to go out here with a broken arm and all limping and banshees up. No, no. No, we're going to go out here in victory. In victory, but it's something we got to walk in. Something we have to know about. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Notice that's all God. All God. So then in verse 12, so he told us about his power. He told us about his armor, and then he tells us about our enemy. You know, sometimes we get, we don't know for sure who our enemy is. Sometimes we think our spouse is our enemy, or maybe our boss is the enemy. Sometimes we get it, we get it kind of turned around. So he tells us about our enemy, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemy but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So God is telling us, I've got your power. I've got the power that you need. I've got the armor that you need, and this is your enemy. Sounds to me like he's setting us up for victory. Sounds to me like God's got a plan. Sounds to me like, man, God, he's basically supplied everything we need. His power, his army. And he says, okay, now this, this is your enemy. So what do we do? How do we get that? And the very last one is preparation. Verse 13. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. What's that telling us? It says prepare. Prepare. And the way we prepare, the way we have to start preparing is so simple. We have to digest the Word of God somehow, some way. And you just thought this was going to be a deep theological sermon today, didn't you? You know, if you want to be spiritual, if you want God to move in your life, just read the Word. Take that 10 minutes out. And read the word. So we've seen God's power, God's armor, and he's also told us about the enemy. But how do we bring that available in our life? How do we bring that to pass? I want to show you. Ephesians 2, 8. Ephesians 2, 8. Ephesians 2, 8. If you are a born-again child of God, raise your hand. All right. If you raise your hand, you already know how to bring God's will 
into your life. You have already brought the greatest blessing that God has for us. You have already brought that into your life. And we see here how in Ephesians 2, 8. And it says, for by grace have you been saved through faith. That's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So the greatest blessing that God has is eternal life. And we receive that by what? By grace and faith. Amen. So notice it's, it's God's grace and our faith. This is one of the scriptures that, that people talk about sometimes when they, when they say or refer to that it seems like God can only do on earth what man can believe him for. You see, because we can't even be saved without God's grace and without his faith, we can't even be saved. So I wonder if that's the, how we get the greatest blessings of God into our life. Well, how do, we, how do we get the everyday blessings of God into our life? By grace and by faith, right? God's greatest blessings. First of all, okay, we'll talk about grace first. You know, if you look in Webster, it's, it's, it talks about Christianity, and it says infinite love, infinite mercy, favor, and goodwill shown to mankind by God. Limitless love. Or, many people say, it's God's unmerited favor. God's unearned favor. Now, let me see if I can make that a little clearer in the world that we live in today. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's different examples we could use. I'll, I'll give you a good one concerning my wife and my grandson. This is my daughter sitting up here on the front row. This platinum blonde there. I'm glad that she's sitting by me today. Whenever Meyer was... I don't know if it was his first or second sonogram. You correct me, Kelsey, if I get any of this wrong, because I know I'll get some. I shouldn't have told her that to correct me. Because if you got any daughters or you know how that goes. So, okay, so she went and she had a sonogram. And you all know what a sonogram is. It's a picture of the baby. And for some reason, Chris wasn't able to go with her. So Kelsey texts Chris a picture of the baby. Okay, now this is grace. This is grace. Are you ready? My wife opened her phone and looked at it, and she says, oh, that's the most beautiful baby in the world. <laughs> that's grace. <laughs> Have you guys seen, you end up seeing them sonograms. You can't tell nothing about them sonograms. But you know what? It, it didn't matter. And see, that's, what, that's the thing about grace. I don't know why, and I don't know who all will agree with this, but it's, been, it's so much easier to give grace to my grandchildren, grandchild than it is my children. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kels. <laughs> she, she probably knew it before I knew it, probably. <laughs> 
No, it is. I'll, tell you, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Hey, we're, we're just being honest. It's easier to give grace to our children than somebody else's children. Can anybody say amen to that? You're afraid to, aren't you? Yeah, you're afraid to say amen to that. But it is. Our children, oh, they're not hurting nothing. Somebody else said, hey, quit doing that. <laughs> well, that, that, is, that is grace. That is grace. See, and that is, that's the, the, one of the main ingredients of getting God's blessings into our life on the here and now. Right? God's grace. The scripture says that God's grace is sufficient for us. So, so basically, what, what that means is, like, if I want to get saved, I believe, I, I hear the word, whether, you know, however many times it might be, I say the prayer, and then wherever my belief level is, of course, it has to be in Jesus Christ, we know that. But we know everybody hears different amounts. But when we finally bow our knee toward God, our faith goes so far, and guess what happens? Our faith goes here, and God's grace comes the rest of the way wherever we are and says, I accept that. Amen. So it's a, we've got to have grace. But not only do we have to have grace, we have to understand grace. You know, sometimes we just need to say, thank you, Lord, for your grace. My wife knew, I can't tell you how many times I've heard her say, but for the grace of God, there goes I. Do, you, do, you, do we realize where we would be if it wasn't for the grace of God? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You see, in this society we live in now, we th everybody thinks that people owe us things. Nobody owes you nothing. God don't, God don't owe you nothing. No, and, and the moment you start thinking that God owes you something, that, that's when you're going to be off. And the reason is, is because it's by grace. He don't owe you nothing, but he'll give you everything. He don't owe you nothing, but he'll give you everything. Now, the next thing, Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace have you been saved through faith. Notice this. Just to make it clear, he says, Not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Okay? So the next thing we see is faith. So faith cometh from hearing the word of God. That's right. That's where it comes from. We know that. We talk about that all the time. So faith comes from? Okay. Now, here's a quick trick question. Where does the word that brings us faith come from? It comes from God, right? Absolutely. It's God's word, and he brings it to us. So, because it's God's grace, and he brings faith to us, what more do we have to do? Does that make sense? God's grace, it's all his. It's not ours. And then he says, your faith is what gets you the rest of the way. Your faith is how we receive. And then he, and then he says, and I'm going to give you faith. If you'll just read my word and intake my word, I'm even going to give you the faith. So he gives us the grace, and he also gives us the faith. 
The last part, Ephesians 6.10, that we looked at, Ephesians 6.13, it actually says, that is our part. We have to prepare. We have to prepare to read these things. We have to prepare to read the Word. We have to plan. Oh, my goodness. Does anybody have an extra hour in a day? Does anybody? No. Does anybody have an extra 10 or 15 minutes? No. That's why we have to plan. We have to prepare to receive these things. Be strong in the Lord. See, it's all about Him. But it's all about me and you, the body of Christ, yielding to Him. Allowing His perfect will to be manifested in our life. Stand therefore and be strong in the Lord and we stand on God's grace and our faith. I want to share one last scripture with you. This is a classic scripture. Philippians 4.13. Grace and faith. Grace and faith. That's what we're talking about this morning. His strength, his might, our obedience, our preparation. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? You know good and well you can't quit smoking. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to say that, did you? Huh? You know good and well you can't quit chewing. You know good and well you can't shut off that pornography. And yet the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And you know you've had that pet sin for half of your life. Let me tell you, I'm not, I don't mean to be picking on you this morning. But here's my point. You won't receive anything from God without His grace and your faith. It's the only way. Whether it's eternal life or whether it's a a blessing from you paying your tithes or whether it's a relationship, a better relationship with your spouse or your prayers over your children, whatever the case may be, you will receive that by God's grace and your faith. Amen. Amen. If you have a need this morning, if you have a need this morning, please come. I tell you, I'm wanting to do something that and, and here's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting anyone and everyone that has been saved in the last six months, I want you to come right up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hey, let me just tell you, if you won't stand up for Christ in here, you're sure not going to stand up for him out there. So if you have been saved in the last six months, I please ask you to come forward. Now here's what I, here's what I, want, to, I want to ask. These folks here are at the most critical time in their life. They need your phone calls. They need your words of encouragement. They need 10 minutes of your time. They need to go out and eat lunch. They need, they need the body. 
And I'm asking you, if you know, if you know these folks, I'm asking you to step out. Allow God to lead you. Raise them up. You know, it just so hurts my heart to see young people born again. And then six months later, they're back the other way again. We have to raise them up. Amen. Come around. Anybody want to come around? We're going to pray for these, for these right here. Come, come ahead. Come ahead. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.